0: All right, here we go. So this is going to be uh, my breakdown of the, the, the current situation of the Illinois men's basketball program under the tutelage of none other than one Brad Underwood. I like to call him Thunderwood. I'll keep it, I'll keep it classy for this podcast, and we'll call him Underwood. Um, now, this is in... I'm deciding to do this because I'm getting tired of explaining it on Twitter. I have to write it out. There's not enough characters for me to explain everything that's going on to the obviously not savvy enough sports guys that are close to the program down there in Champaign. And I'm talking about guys like the Champaign Room. I'm talking about guys like Jeremy Werner. That's, that dude is, like, excited when Illinois wins... Like, he's excited, and, 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 you know, he pumps up, like, like the, 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 the individual performances, but then when they lose, he questions everything about the rebuild, and, and, and as far as, like, where we are on par with Ohio State and Indiana, as far as their second-year coaches, which is kind of funny now in hindsight, because those two programs are struggling pretty good right now, um... And that was a lot of the argument for a lot of the the, the the haters at the beginning of the season or like towards the middle of the season right before Big Ten Play started about how good that those two programs are and all those two programs are going to shit. So that's interesting. But uh, I'm here to break down the Illinois men's basketball program and where exactly it is right now. And it's unfortunate that I have to do this and because the people that are close to the closer to the program can't do it. The champagne room... Unfortunately, I don't know if they're, like, trolling hard at this point. But I, they gave Brad Underwood an F for his performance last night in Minnesota. And, and this, okay, so they had to lead a halftime against a tournament team. True road game, okay. In a revenge game, Illinois just beat them by 27 points in Champaign. They go on the road. They were never, ever going to probably win this game. It was never a game that you should have thought that you were actually going to win. And then coming off of uh, beating the number thirteen team in the country on a neutral floor, like this was a game that was going to be tough to win, especially with your freshmen and sophomores being your best players. I digress, and let's get into uh, exactly what is going on with this rebuild. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take it right from the beginning. I'm gonna talk about individual players at some point. Uh, after I get over like the broad, the broader view of exactly what's going on. Like with the rebuild and how you should rationalize actually looking at this and how you should interpret exactly what you're looking at. And full disclosure, I personally feel like Brad Underwood is the guy for the job. He is gonna turn this around. We're gonna play a style of basketball that's going to that's going to be appealing not only to the fans but to recruits as well. And high-profile recruits, Chicago guys. That type of stuff Um, I I think that it's gonna happen He's got a track record of doing it He dominated at Stephen F. Austin And everybody You know, the people That, you know Are not happy With the the current situation Like, they will point out That Stephen F. Austin Is indeed a low-level school However, Brad Underwood Absolutely dominated there In three seasons And won NCAA tournament games at Stephen F. Austin, so that's all that he could have done there. He couldn't literally couldn't have done anything more. He won three conference championships, three tournament champ, three three conference tournament championships, and won NCA tournament games there. He lost like three games in the regular season his entire run there. So let's just put that in perspective. Yes, a low level school, but he absolutely dominated. Then he goes to Oklahoma State. Uh, he took over a 12 and 20 team with Jawan Evans on that team that went 12 and 20, and he made that and he turned them into a a tournament team. That season. So you can see what he can do as far as a quick turnaround with uh, high level competent major college basketball players. Okay, so it's happened before. So it's the fact that it's happened before is enough to make me like, how is this happening? How, where is the rationalization from the people from Illinois Twitter, the Illini Twitter, the media guys down there that can't fundamentally accept this coach as being a good coach based on his track record alone. But besides that, all right, let's get into where the current situation and the current state of the program as it is today. Now, I'm not going to get into where John Gross left the program. It was obviously not the best era for Illinois men's basketball. He left it probably at its lowest point that it's ever been. Uh, You know, and I guess my Illinois basketball knowledge precedes like the 80s, so I don't know anything before that. I'm going to say... In my lifetime, it's probably It was as bad as it's ever been when Brad Everwood took over I don't want to get into it I don't want to This is not like the time for me to like Throw shade at gross But that's important to know Like that's a big deal Like he took over a mediocre NIT team That graduated the school's Third all-time leading scorer So imagine taking over A mediocre team That lost a dynamic of a scorer as Malcolm Hill. Okay, so imagine how much more mediocre that team becomes. And and all right, so let's and, and I'm going to talk about individual players and the transfers and you know the Jeremiah Tillman situation after I get done talking about the encompassing state of the program. So let's just look at the 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 roster that he inherited. Okay. He had a bunch of mid-major talented players on the team, okay? And and he added a couple freshmen, and it's standard for every college basketball coach, every major college coach, when he comes in, he doesn't have time to recruit to the school. So it's basically a last-minute ditch effort to maybe add some guys that you need to be able to fill out a competent roster after the transfers that inevitably happen, after the coach that the players signed to leaves the school. Right? So he did his best to fill out the program or to fill out the roster. Okay. But that team didn't have the talent to really compete at a high level. And with the culture where it was, and the attitude where it was, and the culture instilled by gross was never gonna lend itself to that team being being good enough to compete for anything that was going to be you know relative to any type of championship or to make the fan base happy if you were based on last season on wins and losses to to determine the success of or the 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 uh you know the 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 relevance goodness of the coach then you were always going to be disappointed because it was never going to happen last year all right and i'm going to talk about everybody that left like fink and black and all that stuff after this all right, because that's pretty long winded, but there's a lot to talk about there. Okay, so not only did he inherit a mediocre roster, all right, but he inherited, but he had to instill his, his culture, his beliefs, his values, and his system into that team, right? And coming from where they came from, a culture that wasn't very good, that was losing, and that was considerably down, that was never gonna be easy. So, building, building the confidence level and the culture and the play hard and the want to and the winning attitude was harder or just as hard as it was to instill his system, which isn't easy to teach because most of the players probably don't come from an offensive or defensive background that has the principles that Brad, off, that Brad Underwood's offense and defense would have. So, he had to teach the system to these guys. So they were learning on the fly with a mediocre team and trying to win. It was never going to be a good situation. Okay, so we got the results that we got last year. That's probably exactly where we should have been. Now, it's very standard for a, uh, a, any major coach upon his first year at a school to evaluate the talent that he had um, and determine who he wants to have moving forward so that he could build a program for longevity, right? And it's going to have long-term success and it's going to be able to compete against schools like Scum and Michigan State. He sacrificed a little bit of short-term success, a little bit of short-term success to bring in his own guys, meaning he he decided to move on from several of the players that he inherited from Gross because they were never going to be able to, to, to build off of that Even if they would have been a little better in the short term, they were never going to be able to build the culture that he wanted to and stack recruiting classes on top of that because it wasn't a winning culture. So so he decided to move on from that, and he had to rebuild again. But this time, he had enough time at the school and enough time to recruit to the school, which wasn't a lot of time, but he still had enough time to bring in some guys. And he brought in a very good recruiting class, right? And he brought in... The guys that he wants for his culture to establish uh the way that he wants to play, right? But he had to rebuild again. He had to teach the system all over again. He's got a brand new team all over again. Okay, so if you're basing this season on wins and losses and the success of the rebuild on wins and losses and the results at the end of the game, you're you're not doing yourself a favor. And if you're gonna report to it, as a well-respected media member or somebody close to the program, if you're going to report it as a failure due to wins and losses this year when it hasn't even been two years and there's been two rebuilds, that's not fair to the fan base. That's not fair to to anyone. And and you need to have a little bit more rational perspective on what to look at and how to determine the success of this thing. Now, this is not only did he had to teach the system to this team again and instill the culture and, and start over, but this team is young. It's all freshmen. No matter, regardless, this team, as young as it is, with the, the what we're um, counting on as far as contributions from the underclassmen, the freshmen and sophomores, this team, as it is across the country, right? Or it, since the beginning of time, a young team is probably going to have a bad loss, probably more than it's going to have a a, a good win, okay, especially when you consider everything else that that went into this. It's a brand new team, all right? So the Florida Atlantic game, there's, obviously, there. it's fair to be frustrated, right, about that game. You never want to lose that game. But a young team is going to have a letdown like that. You can't just completely you know, throw everything out the window because that happens. Because they're going to have big wins, but they're also going to have some some bad losses. That's just a young team, and that's what happens. All right? I'm not going to pretend like I know, you know, what this offense is supposed to look like. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the defense is supposed to look like. I will say this, that if I've watched every game this season, and if you look at the games at the beginning of the year to what it looks like now— you're seeing uh, the offense run a lot more fluid. You're seeing roles start to come into play. Where I think at the beginning of the season with the new team, they didn't know their roles. And I base my interpretation of this rebuild on the fact that guys are defining roles. They didn't quit on their coach, even though they weren't getting the results that they wanted to get. They didn't quit. They still play hard. And the offense is running a lot more fluid. The defense, I don't know. That is to be determined. It is what it is. Okay, whatever. But the offense looks better. Guys are playing defining roles. Okay, Ayudasumu has played himself into an NBA first-round draft pick. All right. Georgie is, uh, you know, he... Is a factor in one of the best freshmen in the country. I'm not gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about that as far in the recruiting thing, but he is progressing beautifully. He's probably a first-team All Big Ten freshman. All right. Tevian Jones, eight-game suspension. You cannot hold that against Brad Underwood. He is starting to come into his to, to his own, right? He's developing nicely. Alan Griffin looks more comfortable. Samba Keane doesn't play. He's obviously not ready. I'm not going to pretend like I know his roster better than Brad Underwood does. That, that was a very good point that I heard last night where he knows his roster. I'm not going to pretend like uh, you know that, he, that I know more than 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 a high major basketball coach that's won NCAA tournament games, all right? But I do know that everything looks better than it did at the beginning of the season and we're a lot more we're a lot more, it, it just looks better. You know what I mean? The product looks better and the future is bright. The foundation is definitely there to build on. Now you have the culture. You see where this team wants to win, the competitiveness. They like playing with each other. They don't quit on their coach. This is going, you're going to be able to build and stack on top of this. And that's what you should be looking for. That is what you, those are the ingredients that you should be looking for you shouldn't be looking for wins and losses right now I will say this before I get on to the to the next thing that I want to talk about if we still have the same concerns next season and We're still producing the same Results as far as wins and losses next season then absolutely every single concern is hundred percent valid, right? And I will be off of Team Sunshine. I am definitely not above criticizing the coaches and the players and throwing everybody under the bus. And that will absolutely happen if we're sitting here January 30th next year in a polar vortex and we're still 2-8 and eight in the Big Ten. That's when you will see me, you know, turn the corner and, and start wanting to fire everyone. But until then, but right now, it hasn't even been two years with two major rebuilds, two startovers, and a young team who... Is playing better, and, and you and you're seeing the progression from not only individual players, but as far as players within, you know, the team concept, improving the way that it has from the beginning of the season. There's so much to build on here. I want to talk about. Uh, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it back to to right when he took over. So, um, but I think right now I want to end this portion of it with the fact that. I see a lot of positives with this team. I see a lot of positives with this team. And I think Tevian Jones' emergence is huge. And uh, the fact that they were able to get this caliber of recruiting class this season with a year under their belt with nothing to sell is absolutely remarkable in and of itself. I'm going to touch on that in the recruiting portion of this. So stay there. I'll be right back. Blood out. All right, so full recap from from the first little segment. One thing that we should definitely not expect, and we should definitely not expect to win uh, Big Ten road games against tournament teams this season. Uh, I think that's an unfair expectation. Number two, I am not advocating for Brad Underwood and saying that this is absolutely 100% going to work. I'm advocating for perspective. And yes, the key word that Illini Nation loves, I'm advocating for a little bit of patience. It's absolutely ridiculous to expect to have results in the win column shy of two years uh, and and having two major rebuilds. And so what I want to get into right now is I want to talk about, I'm going to take it all the way back to the beginning. And I, and I want to hash out a lot of people complain and are concerned about what happened as soon as he took over. And the people that complain about this, this is probably one of the more ridiculous things that I hear when, uh, as far as Illini Twitter and some of my Illini fan friends, is the fact that when Brad Underwood took over, somehow he is responsible for Jalen Coleman Lands not being on the team anymore and DJ Williams not being on the team anymore. Yes, they're having. Mediocre season. DJ Williams is actually playing pretty well. Full disclosure on him. I liked him the whole time. I wanted girls to play him more. He didn't for some reason. Whatever. I saw the athleticism. We needed it. But anyway, he moved on. And he's having a good season. Uh, Jalen Coleman lands. us having a mediocre year at DePaul. Whatever. He's averaging like nine points a game. Cool. The point is, every literally every time that a coach takes over, there's going to be players that leave the program that signed to the previous coach. It happens every single time. So to hold... Uh, uh, Brad Underwood accountable for that thing. It's just not fair. It's absolutely just. It boggles my mind. It's baffling. It frustrates me. I want to. I want to bang my head against the desk. We have to be better than that. As an as as Illini Nation, we have to be better than that. Also, when he took over, Jeremiah Tillman, Javon Pickett. A lot has been made of this. Literally every time a coach takes over, as well. Uh Players are allowed out of their their letters of intent for a reason, because they signed to an individual coach. When said coach leaves, a lot of time the players don't want to go there anymore because they signed to the coach. So Jeremiah Tillman, when Kwonzo Martin took over at Missouri, he's an East St. Louis guy. Jeremiah Tillman is from East St. Louis. That was probably a losing scenario from the get-go. I wonder if Tillman would have stayed at Illinois if Gross was there. When Kwanzaa Martin took over uh, Mizzou, that that was never that. With Gross leaving, that was never going to happen. Tillman was always going to go there. Second of all, Javon Pickett, we pine for him. He is a seven point scorer as a freshman. He's better than I thought he would be. However, he has some big time deficiencies. And if we're really missing Javon Pickett in this program, then we are a lot worse off than uh, I ever thought that we would be. Right, we're a lot worse off than we think we are. If we're gonna miss Javon Pickett's contributions uh, to the basketball program, he's probably never gonna be a double-digit scorer there. He's 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 got some athleticism, herky jerky shot. I don't know. We'll see. I don't have faith in Kwanzaa Martin's ability to coach or to, uh, really have, you know, really have a consistent winning program and 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 build a a, a good culture for the school. So I have my doubts there. We'll see. Anyway, it's not about that. It's about this. Um, so I, you can't blame Brad Underwood for the departures that happened when he got here. That's going to happen. Um, he did. Trent Frazier decided to stay. Demonte Williams decided to stay. Both of those guys are still here. Trent Frazier is flourishing uh, in the Brad Underwood system. So that is definitely a positive, And you can give him a green mark for that one. However, let's talk about Mark Smith. He signed Mark Smith. Uh, that was a weird recruitment. It, his recruitment came on late mark smith signed to brad underwood liked what he heard mr basketball feather in his cap brad underwood signed mr basketball a month into his tenure at illinois that says something all right now if you want to blame him for the mark smith situation and hold it against him that's fair i don't know any details of what happened i know mark smith wasn't happy and he decided to transfer after the season all right that whatever happened there Brad Underwood did not block him from going anywhere, and made him, uh, gave him the option to play right away. Brad Underwood could have blocked all that shit. He didn't. Mark Smith went to Mizzou, and you know the rest. There is history. He's playing pretty well this year. A big complaint that I hear a lot of times is how good Mark Smith is this year, and he is playing well, and he, I think he leads the SEC in three-point shooting. But people, he is a sophomore now. He no matter where he was whether it was illinois or somewhere else he was going to be better because he is a sophomore he's not a freshman anymore all right so he has that experience and he's a talented player it's not like he he just he's a talented player he just wasn't happy with the situation that he was in all right and it's fair to say with what we have seen out of what he did at the bragging rights game and the shit that his family has said that maybe character is not the highest trait that Mark Smith possesses, at least at this point in his life. So I'm okay with moving on from him. I like the signing. It was a big get, regardless of how you look at it, that he was able to bring in a Mr. Basketball a month into his tenure. The other guys that transferred after last season, we're talking about Ebo. That was a pretty good find. And I give BU more credit for being able to uh, get... Consistent play and production out of somebody that was so lightly recruited as uh, Ebo. I give him more credit for that than the fact that Ebo decided to leave after the season was over. I don't know any details about that either. Uh, the kid was from somewhere else, so I don't know what the rationale was as far as him leaving. I would have liked to see him come back next year because I think he fits the system pretty well. He's an athlete; you can never have too many of those, especially with what we had uh, uh, this year. He probably could have helped the team, but he decided to leave. That was probably the biggest. That was probably the guy that I that I regretted to see leave the most. But it is what it is, and he moved on. Michael Finke. All right, now that, basically, what happens every time, and I touched on it before, every time that a, that a high major basketball coach comes in, he fills out a roster, he plays with who he inherits most of the time, and he evaluates what he has, and he decides whether who he wants to keep and who he wants to move on from. He decided to move on from a lot of guys, a lot of mid-major talented guys. I love Michael Finke, he's a champagne guy, probably an Illinois guy for life, whatever. He was never going, we were never gonna be if, if we're counting on Michael Fiki for production, we're probably never going to be that good. He went to Grand Canyon. He's averaging like eight or nine points. He's a, mid, he's a mid-major talented player. The same thing with Tejan Lucas. You know, he, he, he had his moments, but if we're, if, we're, if we're being serious, he was probably not a high-major player that was going to consistently perform at a high-major level uh, conducive to winning high-major basketball games. You know, LaRon Black, he was a head case, you know, for all that he did at Illinois, he was a major head case. He left to go pro. I guess he got married and he wanted to go pro. He was never going to be an NBA prospect. So I don't know if he was going to play overseas. He got cut from the G League, uh, I think, a month ago or something like that. I have no idea what his basketball career is doing now. I like LaRon when he was here. He did a lot of the dirty work. He didn't have much of an offensive game. I think Brad Underwood got the most out of him than that we had seen uh, throughout his career. So I give Brad Underwood credit for even turning him in to some kind of, of a professional prospect, more so than I give Laurent back leaving. All those guys are additions by subtraction. All those guys, uh, by leaving, we might have sacrificed a little short-term success. Let's say we bring all those guys back. They probably... You know they beat georgetown with their experience and they and and they they probably beat florida atlantic with just based on their experience alone but that does nothing for us in years three and four because the 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 of this situ uh, of this rebuild because the brand doesn't look good and 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 all that stuff and we need to start building a culture the delay in that was going to set us back So by moving on and sacrificing a little short-term success, we immediately started the long-term success instead of delaying it to appease the fan base that once wins immediately. So, you know, it's not like, it's not a situation where this was just an unbearable situation for players to play in and they decided to leave. This was a mass exodus in order for us to further ourselves as a basketball program. So... That is where I'm at with that, all right? And it happens across the board all the time. This is not a Brad Underwood problem. This is not an Illinois problem. If you want to put Mark Smith on on Brad Underwood, fair. But that happens. He's not the last high-profile guy that's going to be upset about a situation and clash with his coach and want to leave. That It happens, unfortunately, and it happened with Mark Smith. I wanted to see him... You know, be be an Illini and and, uh, you know be productive and have a good career as much as anyone. But you know, I considering everything that happened, I wasn't as sad to see him leave. And and you know, so wishing him luck moving forward. It is what it is. And but I was more worried about Ebo leaving. I don't know the details about that. So I mean, you know, give and take. The program is in is in better shape today than it was. At the end of last season, by far Regardless of the win-loss record And that's a perspective that we need to have And a big One of the big uh, knocks that I hear About is recruiting, and I am absolutely flabbergasted By this, we haven't seen this high level Of recruiting uh, at Illinois Since probably Bill Self And maybe not even then So I'm going to take another little break And I am going to talk about What has happened with the recruiting With this regime, and how we How this isn't getting more credit Than it probably deserves And where the the angst is From us As Illini fans it, Everything is really good on the recruiting trail I'll be right back to talk about that Stay right there Alright so to recap this whole thing let's have some perspective about this. All right, let's not dissect a, a, a road loss uh, in a revenge game to a tournament team and the result, the actual win or loss as a barometer of where we are in terms of success towards the rebuild. Let's, let's not do that, okay? Let's not look at the win-loss record, okay? Let's not do that. Let's look the leadership that's here let's look at the culture that is here that's being established let's look at the foundation that's being established let's look at the players that we have coming in next year and the biggest thing about it right the thing that the thing that that we can't overlook is the fact that he doesn't have to teach the system again to a brand new team next year we're going to have some continuity and and That is going to bring results in and of itself. So let's, let's yes. Let's be positive and let's be patient. Uh, You can be negative if you want. If you want to be the guy that's like, we're not winning right now and I'm mad about it because it's, it's, it's been a year and a half and why, you know, two complete new rebuilds, two starting over twice, major college basketball. Okay. Tough schedule. Big 10 is loaded. Let's 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 take this with some perspective, all right? And it's gonna get better next year. And like I said, if if year three with what I've seen this year, if it's not better, I'll join you. I'll be right there with you. So so, but I just wanted to give that. I just wanted to give that look to this rebuild. Look at it. Keyword here, buzzword culture. The culture is being built. This is what you do when you want to build a program that's going to consistently compete for championships. It starts with culture. Also, talent is very important. We have both right now. We have both. The talent is young, the culture is young. Just wait until it progresses and keeps progressing and keeps progressing. That's all I'm gonna say. This is a direct rebuttal to the champagne media. By God, let's have some freaking perspective. And instead of saying, you know, he needs to get the fuck out of (laughs) here, on your podcast, let's 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 have some let's use some savvy, all right? And let's let's um, let's interpret things with how we should, all right? I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I'm not saying I know more than anybody. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that let's let's have a little perspective. Let's have a little patience. And it does look better. The the even the product on the court looks looks dramatically different than it did at the beginning of the season. Or dramatically different. And we've been in a lot of games this year. You know, these are games that John Gross would have lost by 20 or 30 points. And I just so I don't want to get into that, but let's let's talk about. Moving forward, this team is going to be good. We're in good hands. Again, I'm not advocating for Brad Underwood. It sounds like I am, but I'm really not. I'm advocating for a little, oh yeah, say it with me, perspective. Let out.